0: The Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get He's Matt Long and this is the Matt Long show. Good morning folks, so happy to be here with you on a nice chill morning in uh, the fall. Oh man, I I uh, opened all all the uh, not all of them, but I opened up a lot of the windows in the house last night and we slept with the AC unit turned off and the windows open in that crisp fall morning air coming in this morning. Oh, it was lovely and it was lovely and not that my house smells bad but you know after a summer with uh the, everything closed up and the ac on or after a winter with everything closed up and the heat on you know it's just uh it's just nice to open up all those windows and and freshen the air up a little bit in the house so yeah i had a real good night's sleep last night nice crispy fall air so uh welcome to fall uh, i'm sure the way you know how texas goes it's uh, summer for for uh, six months and uh, uh winter for six months and then there's these like two or three days in the spring and two or three days in the fall where we're kind of in between so yeah we're in those in between days so you gotta love it um there you go no excuses to get some work done out in the yard uh Uh, in the afternoon or some stuff outside of the house it's not too hot it's not too cold so i hope my wife's not listening this morning um anyway we're here we got a great program uh set up for you today at the bottom of the hour we're going to have mr joseph vargas on the line and uh, we're going to talk to him about his his event, it's this Saturday, and that's on your calendar. And so we will get you uh, more details on that. Uh, but that's at 1 o'clock at the Community Center in Kerrville. Uh, Mr. Joseph Vargas uh, will be the speaker there, guest of the Hill Country Patriots. And so we're uh, looking forward to that Um from uh on saturday and we will talk to mr vargas here at the bottom of the hour now if you're headed to the rally in mcallen and i do know of some folks that are headed down there i told you yesterday there is a minor minor change in the details of that so if you weren't listening yesterday uh listen pay attention now so the march is still going to start at one o'clock But it's just not going to start where we told you before. All right? It's still going to start at 1 o'clock, but they're going to be starting out at Cabrera's Bar in McAllen. Well, it's actually in this little six square blocks of McAllen on the southwest corner of McAllen. I guess they kind of drew a line in the sand and said, "Uh, we're not McAllen anymore. Uh, The little town is called Graneno, Listen, I don't. I, I speak Spanish, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this one, but it's G R A N J E N O Graneno. Graneno. That's the best I can do. Graneno. Um, but it's Cabrera's Bar. C A B R E R A S Cabrera's Bar. I would uh, do a, a quick look up on your map on that, and that is where the march is going to begin. Now, that's at 1 o'clock, and so they're going to go to the border and just basically join hands at the border and uh, make a human wall there. And um, then, uh, But if you want to go early, and this is uh, besides the change in location, they've added more. So uh, if you want to leave a couple of hours earlier than you had planned on it, there's going to be a gathering at this same bar, Cabrera's Bar, in Granano, Texas, or McAllen. And uh, that's going to start at 11 o'clock, and there's all kinds of uh, uh, great uh, organizations that are going to be there. In fact, it looks like about 35 or so different uh, organizations are going to be there. If you need um, any more information on this, go to latinotrumpcoalition.org, latinotrumpcoalition.org and you can get some more information on that so that's uh, mcallen at saturday and uh, also in kerrville saturday mr joseph vargas at one o'clock going on down into your calendar now wednesday the 6th of uh, october don huffines is going to be all over the hill country in the morning he's going to be in uh, fredericksburg and in the afternoon at schreiner and uh, as we get closer, I'll give you all the date, all the times, and uh, all the uh, exact addresses and all that, but there's no point in doing so two weeks ahead of time. Uh, just get it on your calendar. Um, Tuesday night, the 5th, he's uh, Mr. Huffheim's actually going to be in Bernie, so if there's anybody out there on the east end of our listening area, then Bernie might be a good place to catch him, and that's going to be Tuesday night at the Kendall County Patriots. And uh, then Saturday, or I'm sorry, then Wednesday morning, Fredericksburg. Wednesday afternoon, uh, Kerrville. And I said this yesterday, but it bears repeating. Your candidate, let's let's take for example a candidate for your uh, house, right? Your representative. That that candidate only has to cover a small area, all right? Ah, some of them it may be as many as fourteen or fifteen counties. As in the case of uh, Mr. Murr or in the case of Mr. Biederman, it's three counties, of course, those are divided by population. But the idea is that when it's your representative, you're going to have multiple opportunities to see and hear and visit with them. And so you know if they happen to come on a certain evening and you' not and you're busy or you got the kids uh, got to take the kids to volleyball or whatever that night, you're probably going to have another opportunity to see or hear them or get them in a forum of some kind. However, when it comes to statewide offices like lieutenant governor and governor, the races, those guys got to cover the whole state of Texas. And if you haven't looked lately, we're a pretty dadgum big state. all right? <laughs> so um, I think uh, I've heard years ago that if you're in El Paso, it's uh, you're closer to San Diego than you are Beaumont. I'm pretty sure that's true, that, uh, you can get to the west coast from, uh, you can get to the beach at California Beach, uh, from El Paso quicker than you can get to Beaumont. And, uh, so the, uh, the point of this is that when your gubernatorial candidates, when your statewide candidates come around, that may be, that may be one of the very few Opportunities you have, so you'll need to clear your schedule if you're of great concern about that. Uh, listen, at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to talk about. Uh, there's a strategy I'm starting to see coming out of the uh, establishment Republicans in Texas, and um, I'll. Uh, it was just kind of bugging me. Uh, what I was hearing was bothering me a little bit, and I was wondering how, you know, where this was coming from. And then I read an article about John Cornyn, and uh, I believe even uh, Harley just made reference to it, but he didn't make the reference to the paragraph I'm going to talk about. Um, But uh, I do believe that I'm beginning to see the uh, the establishment strategy for the upcoming primary, and you need to be ready to battle this strategy. And so I'm going to talk about that in the fourth quarter today. So here we go. What else on your calendar? All that has to do with you need to meet uh, Mr. Huffines uh, when he comes around and uh, the other candidates uh, for governor when they come around. You need to take the time to go uh, meet them and ask them questions. Um, Lano Tea Party fundraiser, Saturday, the 9th of October, and then uh, Sunday, the 17th of October. We're going to have a border awareness, border invasion awareness rally in Kerrville. Really looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, you can uh, download this program on Spotify um, every afternoon. And uh, if you miss something or you want to uh, have a friend listen to this program, then uh, you can find those on Spotify. Just look for the Matt Long Show. Do a search for the Matt Long Show. All right, here we go. Uh, Let's see a little bit of a Ben Franklin. Um, All right, here's one I've never used. A light purse is a heavy curse. Hmm. In other words, uh, yeah, broke is no fun. That's another way to put it. A light purse is a heavy curse from uh, Poor Richard's Almanac from 1745. Y'all stay tuned. We'll have uh, Jody Gould on the line with us when we get back. Folks, we are back. I have on the line with me uh, Jody Gould, the owner, uh, proprietor of uh, the Tejas Smoke Depot, and she's uh, coming to us from an undisclosed location today. And apparently, um, is uh, surrounded. Uh, um, yeah, uh, is surrounded by uh, who knows who. What, what's going on? Um, what's going on, Jody? Well,
1: we are on Island Time, Fort in Texas. With the
0: whole fan family. <laughs> all right, how fun! And
1: it's a uh, bloody merry morning already.
0: Oh my goodness! Are you are you on your first one or your second one?
1: Just the first one, but it's island time, so like it's five o'clock and on the island all year long. <laughs>
0: okay, there you go. Five p.m. I'm assuming, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, it all
0: depends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So I'm glad you're down there with family and uh, just relaxing.
1: Yes, sir. It's our family um, outing. We try to do it once a year, but we didn't get to take one last year because everything was shut down. So we got the whole fif- crew of 15. So.
0: Yeah, all right. You got some uh, New Jersey folks there?
1: No, not this time. Just the Texas.
0: The Texas clan?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So uh, the Tejas Smoke Depot folks. Uh, if amazing. All right. Uh, Jody, I think you're breaking up, dear. Am so. I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stop walking around. Find a good spot.
1: Okay. Can you hear me now?
0: I can hear you now. There you go. Okay, I'm not so, moving. All right, there you go. Don't move. Um, so the Tejas Smoke Depot, folks, is on the west end of Fredericksburg. If you are on Main Street, head west on Main Street, and when you get to the Y, uh, go to the bear to the left, and down a little bit on your left is the Tejas Smoke Depot. Jody, tell us uh, about the products that you have at the Tejas Smoke Depot.
1: So well, we have all kinds of fine tobacco products. We have uh, premium brand cigarettes, roll your own tobaccos, fine pipe tobaccos, premium cigars, under premium cigars, accessories to go with every kind of smoking you need you could possibly think of, cigar cutters, pipes, um, papers, um, all the things for roll your own, and lighters um, of course of all makes and sizes. Colors, shapes, <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, beer and wine. A few little uh, on and items, bumper stickers, whatever you know might be the new trend out there. Uh-huh. You know, um, all your charging needs. You know, your iPhone things. We have connectors and things that you might find in a convenience store. Right. Not a lot of convenience items, but snacks, all water, right. ice. So yeah, yeah.
0: It's a good place to stop. Look, if you're heading out west and going camping, they've got ice there. Uh, They've got newspaper, which makes great fire starters. Our local newspaper is highly flammable. And if you're uh, going camping, I suggest getting a couple of copies of the uh, local Fredericksburg paper. And uh, I think even at times it'll just burst into uh, liberal flames all on its own. And uh, so you've got ice, soda pop, candy, all kinds of stuff, um, uh, chips, beer. I'm telling you, everything you need right there for your last stop on the way out of town if you're uh, headed west. One of the things that Jody does every week is we have a phrase that pays, and uh, that will give you, if you, during that week, if you go into the store and, and give them the phrase that pays, then you will get a discount. From that purchase, and get your name in a hat for a monthly drawing of another little fine gift from the Tejas Smoke Depot. And uh, find your uh, your. We were talking earlier, and you told me what your um, uh, phrase that pays is this week. So tell our audience what it is.
1: Well, this week, well, on the way down here, you know, we always look for inspiration on what to be have the phrase that pays. And there was a giant sign on the highway that said. Pray for our nation, so I thought that would be a good one for this week. Um, so come on in, and say "Pray for our nation, and you'll get a discount, and you'll get your name in the hat for a $25 gift certificate at the beginning of the month. There you go. Now we're
0: Pray for our nation is a phrase that pays. You know, Jody, one of the things that's been going on around the country, uh, I'm not sure if it's maybe started about a week ago. I'm not sure where it started. It may have been happening a little bit longer, but there's this call for everybody to stop, at 8 p.m. and pray for the country and so uh, my wife gail uh, set her uh, prayer alarm for 8 p.m. Yes. and every evening at 8 we just stop just for a minute whatever we're doing and we say a short prayer for our country and our leaders and so pray for our nation like a is fabulous
1: a fabulous idea yeah we should promote that.
0: And yeah so that's at eight o'clock every night we set the alarm and uh so that ties right in with your phrase that pays. Uh, Jody, you need to get back with your family, enjoy your uh, uh, time on the coast, and um, enjoy family, and uh, y'all have a safe trip and safe travels for all of your family.
1: Thank you, Matt. And uh, we had a wonderful time Saturday night at the Pizza and Barbecue, thanks to the Tea Party for all the good work and hard work that they're doing. Shout out to Angela Smith. She did a great job. They, had a great time with Tad Brather.
0: Oh, it was, wasn't it? And I uh, really appreciated yes. seeing you and Dave there. So thank you for the compliment on that. All right, y'all have a good time. and uh, yeah. You. All right, take care. All right, so there you go. Jody Gould from uh, Undislo closed location on the Texas coast with her family. How fun is that? So um, I'm going to save this for the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, all of this is going to be tying in, if you've listened to this program uh, any length of time, you will realize that I am just absolutely not a big fan of the establishment Republican Party in the state of Texas. I'm just not. And uh, that's on a number of levels. Uh, the, 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 uh, the grassroots bust their butts every two years to create a platform and uh, priorities, and then we elect people who have an R by their name, and they go to Austin, and they completely ignore the priorities of the Republican Party. They just ignore them. In fact, I've even been laughed at, um, not during this past session, but the previous session, when I took copies of the priorities and the entire platform, I uh, printed them up, stuck them in envelopes, and took them by a number of different Republicans' offices Saying, did do you, have you guys seen this document? Are you familiar with it? And we actually got laughed at in in one office for promoting the Republican Party platform and priorities. And uh, so this this has been frustrating for me because if by by the by reading the party platform and priorities, if you just read it, you would go, "Wow, that's an amazing conservative." Document. It is Christian based. It is family based. It is education based. It is just so good and the priorities are so spot on. But then when you look at the Republican Party in the state of Texas and their action and their behaviors and who they want to get elected as for governor and lieutenant governor and all those places. Their their actions do not match their words, and so we've got this new term now called uh, "campaign conservatives," and and it is it is so true. And the Republican Party, listen, I know we all know that at the end of the day in November, when I go vote, and when members of the Fredericksburg Tea Party go vote, as much time as we spend fighting with the republican with the rhinos in the republican party republicans in name only when all of us all of us conservatives who are on the the grassroots in the ground when we go in to vote in november do you know we're all going to vote for the r even if it's a even if it's a disgusting r we're going to go in and vote for the r right because we know better but the republican party is not too sure about that. Well, uh, there's something real fascinating with Governor Abbott and the border now, and uh, it's we've talked about this. Abbott has not had a primary challenger since he's been in office. He's had seven, eight years to do something about the border. He's been warned. He's been told what was happening. Everybody knew what was going on at the border and what was going to happen at the border. And Governor Abbott just flat out did nothing. They they would throw every, listen, the last two elections, every Republican that ran put at the top of their paper, border security, border security. I'm all about border security. And then I swear to you, I'll go into their office after they get elected, and this was a couple of sessions ago, and the same people who ran on border security, border security, when you go into their office, they look at you and say, well, that that's not the job of the state that's that that's the federal government's job and we'll say but yeah wait but you you ran on 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 you know border uh, g- taking care of the border well we really can't do anything that's the feds well folks we know that is not true um, article 4 section 4 and I know I'm gonna get this wrong but I heard it last night there is the part of the US Constitution that says that it is the obligation of the federal government to protect those borders and if they don't do so, it's it, it falls into our hands. And so at what point are we going to stop arguing that the federal government is taking care of the border when we know they're not, right? So anybody that's waiting in Texas government to get permission or for the feds to do something about the border is a fool at this point in time. And so Abbott, now that he's got a primary challenger, decides he's going to do something, and so he's been getting these great articles and great news coverage on he sent a thousand troopers down to the border. And you got all these great pictures of the cars lined up. Have you all seen those pictures? Oh, how about the pictures of his chain link fence with the razor wire? Have you seen those pictures? Oh, yeah. See, and so the the the, the fix is in. They want you to believe that Abbott, and Abbott's going to go around and tell you what he's doing about the border and, and blah, 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 blah. Abbott has done nothing for the border. And if you heard Alan West last night on uh, Tucker uh, the Tucker Carlson show, the governor has 20,000 national state guard that he could send down there. He hasn't done it. He's not doing it now. He put in a thousand vehicles or a thousand uh, uh, public safety officials down there, and they all lined up their cars. That's just covering a tiny, tiny little area of the border, and so the smugglers, the 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 really dangerous people, they're just going upstream or downstream a few miles. That's all it takes, right? And so Abbott has failed to secure the border. Now he wants to make it look like he's doing everything he can because he wants your vote he is concerned now but you know dadgum well your common sense will tell you that all he's got to do is call those texas the texas guard up and he can get them down to the border within 24 hours he could get a couple of thousand of them several thousand within 24 hours and give him a couple of days and he could pretty much cover the entire border with our our, uh, state guard, but he's not doing that. He's not doing it. He hadn't done it. And, uh, it's just a whole lot of talk. And, um, yeah. So don't be fooled by the articles, by the pictures. Um, Abbott has failed his job to secure the Texas border and he continues to do so, but he's putting on a good show right now. He's putting on a heck of a show all right folks y'all stay tuned uh we're gonna take a short break and we're gonna be right back with mr joseph vargas all right folks we are back i have on the line with me now a special guest mr joseph vargas he is going to be speaking this saturday in kerrville at uh let's see uh one o'clock at the community center in kerrville and um so we've got him on the line today just to tell us about who he is i have never met mr vargas before um and so uh mr vargas welcome to the matt long show
2: Matt, good morning, and good morning to all your Hill Country Patriot uh, listeners. Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So you're going to be speaking about uh, the outline I have looked at. It says you're going to be talking about how do we fight back against uh, the uh, the language, the the labels of the Democrats or of the liberals, the progressives, and, and how do we fight back against that. Uh, start off by telling us a little bit about your, yourself and uh, why? Mm-hmm. What makes you uh, what makes you so special that we should come out on Saturday and listen to you?
2: Well, I don't know about the special, but I have a very unique uh, experience uh, in my life. I was born in California, um, so I got to see a lot of the uh, liberalism I was taking over the different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I started studying human behavior when I was uh, still like in my teens. Um, so I started seeing a lot of the things being used in politics had a lot to do with human behavior. And that's something the Democrats exploit and we know it on our side. Uh, so when I was eighteen, I became the one of the youngest seat executive secretaries of one of the border towns in Texas. At that time when I was eighteen, I started going to Austin and consulting for both Republicans and Democrats, showing them how to actually talk to people, how to influence votes on people depending on their Culture, depending on the demographics, uh, age and everything, you know, how to sell different stuff to different people. The only thing that happened was I started seeing them using that, uh, to actually, um, hurt voters. So I Uh I left that, but I did work a lot. I've had a lot of uh, closed door uh, meetings, experiences. I think a lot of people would be surprised. Some of the things that were discussed in those meetings from people on both sides, specifically Democrats. So when I started seeing a lot of things going on, I came out and I came back. I left politics for a while because there's a lot of stuff I really didn't like that was being done. (laughs) But I, I started seeing a lot of the techniques. But I, the worst part is that I see a lot of people on our side do not know how to push back. Even some elected officials, I see them uh, on TV. I see these uh, media, liberal media, asking questions, and they always have what I call passive aggressive questions. They're not questions or accusations, and we need to know how to identify them and how to actually respond to them. You know, I've worked with a lot of different candidates um, throughout the time. I've worked with even uh, companies working with branding, branding, which means is how you present a product to the people, mm-hmm. and as candidates, that's what we do. But the Democrats, they're real good at it because they know how to present their product to the people in a way that we sometimes, on our side as Republicans, we don't know how to counter it. And that's what I'm going to talk about there. It's something that I think we fall short on. Um, it's, it's always like we all, always hear people saying, you know, uh, it's just, well, that's just the way they are. That's the way they are. But even if you, um, that's why I wrote the Democrat modus Operandi in that book. It's, a, it's about a 90 minute read, maybe two hour read. Oh, okay. But in that book, when I, because I wanted to get to the point and kind of like exploit, but it gives you the background of how these meanings, how they actually set up targets, you know, how they actually said, okay, we're going to target, um, for example, Robert E. Lee. Oh. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I outline how they presented it, how they changed the connotative meaning of words, mm. how they use that, and then how they come after conservatives. And then they always, always we end up, being on the office, because they usually catch us off guard. And I see that happening with elected officials. There's a lot of real good local conservative candidates all across the state that are losing races, even in conservative areas, because they don't know how to prepare their message. Or if a Democrat comes up and actually attacks them, you know, one of the, my most um, epic sentences in, in my book is, you call an elected Republican a racist, an anti-woman. And you watch him score with the Democrat compliance, right? And there should be no case for that. So I'm going to discuss all that, and I have a lot of um, my history and all my different studies that has done all that stuff. It's, um, I think it's going to be something different, you know. A lot of our, our Republican meetings are rah rah rah, you know, let's go get them. Mm-hmm. But we don't actually lay out a plan. We don't actually lay out what can you do? How do you counter this? For example, what do you do when you're called a racist? What do you do when you're right. asked about Black Lives Matter? Because those are all gotcha questions. Right, And I think we need to know how to respond to them.
0: Listen, you you have just spelled out one of our biggest frustrations. The Fredericksburg Tea Party now for uh, three legislative sessions has been uh, going up to the Capitol and testifying in front of committees and, and, and watching the proceedings on the floor, whether we were there in person or I actually am one of those silly people who tunes it into my computer when they're meeting and leaves it on all day for crying out loud. That's how sick I am. But one of the most frustrating things we had, and we saw this during the, oh, there's several different bills. One of them was the election integrity bill, which didn't quite, uh, that uh, you know, the the, uh, Democrats all left the state for. But the other one was when we started talking about CRT, critical race theory, and a bill that was in front of the House. And over and over and over, the Democrats would stand up and use the racism thing, use this, use that and you've got 87 republicans in there not a one of them would go to the back mic and just ask a simple question and that would be okay you called this racist show me show me exactly what are the mechanics where where is this racist and and not a one of them would stand up against that and we saw it also in the uh, gender transitioning the the whole gender question and argument that silly argument we're having where the Republicans quietly sit back and take the accusations of homophobia or transphobia, and it is so frustrating for us. So, give us a give us a little bit of a preview when if someone calls you a racist or says your ideas are racist. What what is the what is the appropriate? Where do we start with that accusation? Well, first of
2: all, there's two things I'll discuss there, and it's also in the book. I always talk about you've got to expose and you've got to educate. It comes into in two steps. So, for example, when you're called a racist, you have to be careful because what most of us do, we always start responding to it and try to give a reason why we're not racist. Okay. And When you do that, you're legitimizing the fake accusation, and you don't want to do that. Okay. You know, and we do that all the time. Because when you're called a, a racist or when you ask about, these people know that you're not a racist. But they know that it's a very good tool to silence, especially white Christian Republicans. Mm -hmm. So they've been told, and I've been in closer meetings, where they've been told that. You know, I was in in a meeting with commissioners, uh, actually in the state of Nevada one time, and I heard them in the hallway, a lady telling them that all the commissioners were white, but if you told them that they were racist, that they would actually go ahead and allow her some permit that she needed. Um, So it's it's... It's gotten out of hand, but the, we need to start educating people and exposing that this is actually a fake accusation, you know, and then ask them to stick to issues because um, you never want to respond to it, you know. And But I'll tell you something, Matt. You're probably familiar with this. A lot of the decisions that are already made in front of everybody, they're always already planned already in, in closed me- uh, meetings. Mm. You know, one of the first meetings I went to when I was 18 years old, it was in Austin. Uh, There was uh, Democrats, there were Republicans, there was even clergy there. okay, And all of them were going to meet to see how they're going to actually um, persuade a certain group of people in a district to vote for a tax increase. And you should have seen everything that was discussed. So once you understand how how the process, how they work a lot of these things, a lot of times you look at these politicians, why don't they do anything? Why can they not see that? Oh, let me tell you, they can see it perfectly well. But a lot of times they're saying, look, we're going to do this, and when we get out there, we're going to call you a racist, so you're going to just calm down, and then you're just going to tell your constituents that, you know, you don't want people to think you're racist. I'll show you how to vote a certain way. Um, there's a thing called also back in the day, and it's probably still going on, there was a class that once people would get elected, they would show you how to talk to constituents, how to use certain words to actually pretty much lie to them about raising taxes, about certain things that have to be done. And I'm going to talk about all these things, you know, cause I think once you get prepared and you understand how they work and how they use all these different things, you know, cause everything is a, another one that you're talking about, like racism is a phobia. Anything you disagree on with the Democrats, all of a sudden you have a phobia against it, you know, mm. but there's a way to counter that, you know, and they use it a lot. Even for example, uh, if you want to talk about 911, you have to call them a uh, terrorist, but you can't ever. Talk about the religion they were, because oh. then you're you're told to have Islamophobia, right? Right. But you can use the same thing against them and say, no, I think the perpetrators in 9/11 had Christianophobia, ah. you know. And when they say you're you have homophobia, it's like, no, I think you have heterophobia, ah. you know. Once you start using their game, which is what I call the Democrat operandi and I give a whole list of that in my presentation. I, I give you examples step by step to see. One of the interesting things about this presentation, Matt, is that I've had close to a 100 Democrats in the audience that have come up and said, wow, I didn't even think it was this bad. I'm not voting Democrat anymore. So I think that's something great. Um, I have a slides to show you different examples. Because um, I think there's a lot of stuff we know, but once wanted to explain in the way that I see how they used to plan it. You understand how, what's going on, but we don't just want to understand what's going on. We want to be able to be better prepared to counter them, you know. So next time somebody comes and says something, you're going to know how to how to talk, you know, and respond to them.
0: You know, one of the issues we have with uh, with the with the Republicans and and the Christian uh, and with let's see, Christian Republicans, the Republicans is that they 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 generally don't want to fight. They will bring up things like, well. You know, we we don't want to be tacky. We we want to be the salt and the light. And I'm I'm absolutely all for being salt and light. And yet at the same time when when folks bring this up, I have to I go back to one line. Yeah, remember when uh, Jesus was salt and light and he was turning over all the tables in the temple. And so uh, that is one of the biggest humps I think we have in fighting back against the dirty tactics of the democrats or the progressives is that the republicans they we're nice people we're 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 loving people we we live by a christian philosophy and 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 so when someone comes along and says you need to fight back how how do how do we get republicans how do we get these republicans over that hump
2: well, first of all, I think it'd be interesting for them to know that when Democrats get together, they always discuss that, that they know that most uh, Republicans are Christian, and they consider that a weakness because they know they won't push back. Uh, I talked to a lot of people in my travels, and one of them was a former uh, a Democrat staffer uh, from California, and uh, she would always tell me that, that Texas was going to be easy to turn blue because nobody was going to fight back, and even a lot of the Republicans were in the vote with them, in these meetings, they always talk about how most conservatives are Christians. So, you know, as Christians, conservatives, you know, you're taught to be polite. You know, mm-hmm. you don't talk over somebody else, a lot of these things. But Democrats know that and they use that as a weapon. You know, that's why, you know, but there's so much urgency. You know, our our future generations, our children's and grandchildren's future is at stake. You know, the way I put it is that if you're in a red light and somebody comes in and grabs your baby, from the back seat, you know, you're not going to be very polite. You're going to try to get them back. That's how urgent it is right now. I think we're, you know, it's just, you know, socialism is really already, it's already here. You know, and we we have to push back and we have to get the right people elected. Um, And I will discuss part of that. But the main thing that I think I will be discussing there is what can we do? You know, in every meeting that we go, there's so many groups. You know, I was in a town, you know, in North Texas. They only totally had like thirty conservative groups, but they said had everybody liberal. I uh, said so we have to know how to be effective, and sometimes we go to a lot of meetings and we think that's being effective, and that's not. Right. And if we're not getting the results we want, it's on us. So I'm going to talk about that: how we can actually have positive results. You don't wait till somebody runs for office because then you might have to vote for the lesser of two evils. You always start scouting and recruiting your own conservative candidates to get them in, um, in line, you know, to to run for office. And I have another. Uh, course on that. Too. It's called The uh, Art of Campaign Strategy, on how to actually get somebody elected from everything, from fundraising to sending your message. And everything is done with a lot of uh, uh, psychology behind it, because that's how the brain works. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And I'll talk in that presentation about the part of the brain that interprets emotion. It's the same one that interprets behavior. So Democrats always exploit that. So they know that if it could get your emotion, they're going to actually influence your voting behavior. So I'm going to give a lot of examples of that so people can see why it's going on, um, why, uh, in my book, I talk about why Hispanics vote for Democrats and why Christians vote for Democrats and what we can do to actually counter those things. So I, I think it'll be a very interesting presentation. So it's a little bit different than most people have seen. You know, like I said, I've have been too long. You know, this is not going to be a rah, 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 just, you know, because that has no effectiveness. Mm. I want to hopefully provide some tools for conservatives actually go out and be able to defend themselves and actually cause some real change
0: all right it sounds great mr vargas we're really looking forward to this we're out of time now appreciate you taking the time to come on today folks this is one o'clock at the community center in kerrville on saturday there's no charge and um it sounds like it's going to be very very informative and it sounds like there's going to be some useful tools you can come away from that mr vargas thank you again sir
2: Thank you for your time, Matt.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we will be right back, and I'm going to expose a little bit of the establishment's um, uh, game plan. Y'all stay tuned. Folks, we are back uh, once again. That's Mr. Vargas is going to be uh, bringing his uh, program, uh, explaining to us the mo of the progressives. And uh, sounds like his book is nice and short and a wee little book called "The Democrat Modus Operandi." I bet he'll have copies of it there for you. But it sounds like a really good, uh, a really good uh, thing to do this Saturday afternoon. So the strategy, as you may well figure, there are a number of uh, establishment Republicans that have my ear and um, pretty much, uh, oh, they, they they advise me every now and then, right? These were some of the people that advised us uh, six years ago that there was no way we could take out our incumbent Republican in uh, Gillespie, Kendall, and mall right, Mister. Um, I can't remember his name now. Doug Miller, Mister. Doug Miller. They said the establishment said you you can't take that guy out. There's, you're just going to embarrass yourself. I, I've still I'm I'm going to have to get that letter framed, but got a letter from one of the establishments saying. Matt, you're, you're an embarrassment. You're going to embarrass Mr. Biederman. You're going to spend all his money. He's no way. He's taking out Doug Miller. You don't know what you're doing. Get back in your lane, basically saying sit down and shut up. And uh, But we did. The grassroots did replace a rhino incumbent, and he's still there. He has stood the pressure of time. Not only that, he has stood up and fought from day one, and is despised by the establishment in Austin. All right. So the establishment—they come to me every now and then, and they try to tell me, you know, different things like that. And and something I've heard now twice recently, I heard it uh, kind of a local level, if you want to put it that way. And uh, being local, being Texas, and uh, they basically uh, warned me about um, bringing in uh, uh, all these different uh, new candidates into the primary, right? First of all, it's really interesting that if people who really don't know what they're talking about will say you're going to split the vote, folks, we're talking about the primary. Uh, Splitting the vote happens in the general election, all right? That, that and yet here we are we're saying and, and and so i guess there's people out there that go oh i don't want to split the vote i better vote for for governor abbott in the primary no the primary is where we do get our chance to pull in true true grassroots true conservatives all right and so there's the first lie they're telling you that oh you're going to split the vote Well, no, this is the primary for crying out loud. No, we're not going to split the vote in the primary. Uh, We get our choice as Republicans, as who we want to wear that uh, jersey with the R on it when they end up in in office. All right? So the second lie that you're being told, and it is uh, our fear. I'm not going to call it a lie. It's a fear of the establishment. And, uh, this was, uh, whispered twice to me recently at the state level. And then lo and behold, I'm reading an article about John Cornyn. And in the very last paragraph of this article, uh, with Mr. Cornyn in it, um, was the, the, um, was a line that gave them, gave themselves away. So let me tell you what I read that Mr. Cornyn said. All right, so there's this article on the Texan, um, uh, the Texan dot news, which I absolutely a great, great subscription uh, service. If you want to get Texas news, outstanding uh, subscription service. In fact, what's kind of cool is they they started their very first um, uh, postings and and started their business almost the same week that I started on the air uh, on this radio station. And so I, it's really kind of fun watching them, uh, grow. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm tracking right next to him. So anyway, Cornyn, at the end of this article, John Cornyn says, and, uh, let me go back. The article is about John Cornyn saying that he wants to succeed Mitch McConnell as the GOP leader in the Senate. All right, so he would either be the minority uh, uh, guy or he would be the, the majority, but he wants uh, the turtle Mitch, the turtle McConnell's job, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I know Cornyn's a real rhino; he blows with the way the wind blows, um, and and so, I, but I, I guess I'm not going to hold it against him if he wants to be the chair of the uh, Republicans in the Senate. However, let's get down to the last paragraph. Quote, we're going to have a lot of primaries. It matters who wins the primary. Because if we nominate people who can't get elected in November, it's all for naught. going to say that again. If we nominate people who can't get elected in November, it's all for naught. For nothing. All right, now let's talk about this. And here's what's been... Uh, whispered twice to me recently by establishment Republicans and now underlined by John Cornyn. So this is either a heck of a coincidence or this is a strategy coming from the establishment Republicans. Here's what they're going to tell you, that if you don't vote for Abbott in the primary, then a Democrat will win the governor's seat in November. That's what they're trying to tell you. All right, they're trying to say that if you don't push, if you don't reelect the establishment, the ones that everybody knows, all right, everybody knows Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan Patrick, everybody knows that, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, everybody in the state knows the name of Abbott. And so if we promote, for example, Don Huffines or Alan West or, or Chad Prather, or Danny Harrison during the primary against Abbott, what they're trying to tell you is if any one of these guys manages to beat Abbott in the primary, which I think is very likely, they're telling you then that will increase the chance of the Democrats taking the gubernatorial seat. There's, there's no way they can prove that. There's no way they can back that up with any kind of statistics. All they're doing is trying to scare you away from voting for true conservatives because they want the establishment in power. So when John Cornyn says it matters who wins the primary because if we nominate people who can't get elected in November, it's all for naught. What he's saying, vote for Abbott or we turn the state over to the Democrats i'm not buying that i'm not buying that one bit in fact if the republican party will get behind whoever we nominate whoever folks who we pick in the primary if they'll get behind that candidate and i don't care if it is danny harrison we i think he's going to get one percent of the vote good for danny i'm glad he's running but let's just say huffines or west gets in there beats him in a runoff if the republican party if they're so angry at that point in time that they just shut it all down and not run a good statewide campaign there there that'll be the proof they want that's what they think's going to happen so this depends on the republican party i'm going to bring you a little bit of a luke here uh, luke 18 now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart saying in a certain city There was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, right? she was a squeaky wheel, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, we will not bring God, we will not, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Folks, every night at 8 o'clock, set your alarm on your phone for 8 o'clock. Every night at 8 o'clock, stop, take a couple of minutes, pray for our country, pray for our state, and pray for our leaders. That is your prayer list. Go ahead, set your alarm now. you got plenty of time before Lorraine comes on. Y'all stay tuned, and we'll see you tomorrow.